The Hoop Collective is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. We're doing this podcast on Thursday evening, evening slash afternoon, depending where we are. Joining us from Dallas, Texas is Ben McMahon. Howdy, partners. And joining us from Las Vegas, where he's covering Summer League, Mike, I think he's actually soon to depart for Los Angeles, where he's going to do the jump on Friday. That's correct. Is Tim Bontemps. Hello, fellas. Boy, I tell you what, they had me on the jump today, you tomorrow, Bontemps. I think they've reached desperate times. That's definitely right. It's mid-August, folks. Or it's time to bring teams. in the F team. Bring in the F team. <laughs> do the jump. How, does That'll Hawaii have daylight savings time? Well, I got to say, uh, before since I've been here in Vegas at Summer League, our guy, the machine, Kevin Pelton, is here. Bobby Marks is here. A bunch of people are here. And I got a lot of uh, questions this afternoon when I said I was doing the pod about, uh, is Brian going to get the time right this time? And just making the joke for us, Brian did not get the time right this time. So here we stand. I, I'm going to stick up for the man. He just got done in Tokyo covering the Olympics, confined to like a three by three hotel room for most of the time. The man's on vacation in Hawaii and he's still doing the pot. Like, cut him a little slack here, Bon Temps. I, um, I would cut him some slack, except there's a button on your phone that says clock and you open it. And then there's a world clock with times on it that says the times. Here they are, the times. Where I mean, may, maybe figure out what time it is. Don Nelson, old Nelly, lives in Hawaii, and perhaps when he's been hanging out with Nelly, and then you know, time kind of gets that would be a very fuzzy. That would be that would be a very acceptable uh, explanation for what that old that old you know what we've old Nelly Kush can cause confusion. (laughs) We're all here doing the pod now, so it's all good. Okay, well, I've gotten the times wrong, and I just want to say that when I was in Tokyo, and they're like, okay. Make sure you're there for the six o'clock sports center. I had to calculate that that was actually seven o'clock a.m. for the six o'clock p.m. sports center. And that calculation, when you're doing five or six shows a day, inverse time, it creates a little bit of mental wear and tear. And I just didn't know that Hawaii didn't have daylight savings time. I thought Hawaii was five hours behind the East Coast. Apparently, it is six hours behind the East Coast in summer. I now Look, know that. I understand. Live and learn. I get when you're an international superstar, there's a lot of middle That's right. that comes along with it. Bon Timps can't relate. It's, I can't. I really can't relate. I don't know what it's like to have just the weight of the world on my shoulders. I just don't know what it's like. It's very tough. Right, well, we talk you look about like you're getting a lot of sun, though, in Hawaii, buddy. You're looking yeah, good. Well, we're trying. Um, we talk about the NBA. And today, Kawhi Leonard... Um, signed a four-year contract with the um, LA Clippers. We really didn't know what kind of contract he was going to sign. He had, a, he had a sort of announced or let it be known that he was going to re-sign. I mean, there was some mystery about that, not, not heavy, but there was some mystery. And then I was like, well, what's he going to do? And I think a lot of people thought he was going to do a one plus one because that would have protected him against his knee injury. Um would have given him the most flexibility a year from now. You go back into free agency, make the Clippers pay him $40 million to rehab, go back into free agency. And then if he wanted to then sign a five-year contract for an excess of 200 million with the Clippers, if you're going to opt out of your contract, which is what he did, that was the, the, the deal that made sense. But he threw us a curveball, and he signed a four-year deal um, for 176 million $265,152, in fact. Um, and this is a strange decision. It's a strange decision because it doesn't appear to super benefit him. He does have a opt-out after the third year or a player option for the last year, however you wanted to um, to say that. Um, if he was in love with this, with the Clippers and just wanted to sign a four-year extension he would have he could have just stayed in his contract this year and extended and would have made 187 million over the next four years um about 10 million dollars give or take more 
I guess for the right to talk to other teams or think about what he could do. He paid a $10 million surcharge. I, I'm not sure why Um, in that event, he could have, you know, adding on to that contract, he could have guaranteed himself 223 million over the next five, instead of the 176. Um, Bontemps, I'm not sure what Kawhi is thinking here. And I guarantee he's not going to explain it. And the Clippers, <laughs> the Clippers, even though the Clippers suffered a little bit by losing a trade exception, or I'm sorry, an injury exception that they could have gotten had he stayed in, this saves the Clippers money, both short and long term. And he gives them a three-year commitment, which he hadn't been willing to give them before. So the Clippers come out of this okay, even though he's likely out for the next year. So I don't think they're going to try to explain it. I think they're fine with the way it worked out. What do you think happened here? I mean, it, it sort of summed up. You, I mean, you sort of summed it up. I was just talking to Bobby Marks about it. And, and I think all of us sort of expected Kawhi to do the one plus one for the simple fact that regardless of whatever happens to them next year, he would have been able to get a max contract next summer. We've seen Kevin Durant get a full max off an Achilles tear. You know, Kawhi is going to get paid by somebody next summer. And the, the one part of your explanation you sort of left out is that, I mean, you didn't leave it out, but just to fully explain it for listeners, is that if he signed a one plus one next year, you'd have full bird rights with the Clippers. The reason he can only sign the deal he signed this year, the four-year deal, is because he has early bird rights because he signed a two-year contract initially um, to go to the Clippers in the first place. So that's why he was in this little bit of an in-between as opposed to being able to sign a full five-year max contract like you know most guys in his position are able to. So that, that is why a lot of people thought he'd sign the one plus one, setting the injury stuff aside so that next year he could go and he'd get the five-year max if he wants to stay with the Clippers and make the most money. So it is interesting that he did it this way, but to your point, the fact that he signed up this way it now means that the Clippers have um, he and he and Paul George both locked up for the next three seasons. They both have player options for the 24-25 season now. Um, so they're aligned and together in their deals. And then, like you said, for a Clipper team that's, you know, given up all these picks and set themselves up for the future uh, to build around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they now have commitments to both of them for the next three seasons at least. So it does give them the ability to go forward and say, all right, we know that these guys, if we want them here, are going to be part of our team and we can build everything around them. So I think it's a real win for the Clippers to get not only get him locked up, but again, to get him locked up for three years, mirrored with Paul George, gives them some real certainty going forward that I think all of us probably didn't think the Clippers would have a month ago heading into free agency. I mean, it definitely gives them a, a defined kind of guaranteed window of contention. And, you know, maybe Kawhi is back for playoffs next year maybe not but you know at least if not next season the two years after that you should be set up to be a bona fide contender you know how this made sense for Kawhi I'm not sure um I tell you this you're doing pretty well in life if you get 176 million dollars guaranteed and people are puzzled why you made that decision (laughs) so that's right you know I'm not a I'm not going to lose too much sleep over. Well, he could have made more this way. He's doing okay. I know, but Kawhi has always operated to maximize his own personal situation. And this didn't, this is another thing that Brian, Brian is on Kawhi's level, Tim. So we, we just can't really quite understand (laughs) what's going on. The other thing I think is interesting is, Uh, you know, the Clippers are walking on eggshells with Kawhi. Yes. They want to do nothing to offend him, especially when it comes to um, releasing information. So when he had his surgery, they did not release any information until after the surgery was over. Like sometimes teams will say, oh, he's got a torn ACL and they won't announce when the surgery is. Right. Right. And then that's and then the surgery comes later. It was the shortest injury uh, surgery uh, update. Uh, any of us, I think, have ever seen. I believe right. it was two sentences long. It might have been well, one sentence. And, but I and think it they was didn't two. even they didn't even acknowledge it was a partially torn ACL until no. after the surgery. Correct. Right. Yeah, they didn't right. acknowledge any injury other than sprained knee for a month, and then it was like Kawhi Leonard had ACL surgery. Have a nice day. <laughs> no, nothing. Not full ACL surgery. Not partial ACL surgery. Didn't say where it was. Didn't say who did it. Nothing. Right. And in this case. 
Kawhi's contract, I believe by the time this was announced, Kawhi had already, not even announced, by the time it became public, it became public. Mm. I think Chris Haynes from Yahoo actually reported it first. But I'm telling you guys, I mean, just because of the wonder of Bobby Marks, um, we get access to the actual dollars and cents of the contracts. And typically when a guy, we, we, he commits to a contract that takes three to five to eight days or whatever, the contract to be processed by the league. And then for Bobby to get the numbers and then guys, Kawhi Leonard's contract came through as done official signed, submitted to the league, dispersed to teams before it became public that what he had signed. So that means that the Clippers kept their mouths absolutely sealed on, and of course his agency, which is, you know, basically his, his, I'm not sure he's his biological uncle, but you know, Dennis Robertson, nobody said anything until this was already faxed to the league office. So the Clippers are saying nothing. We know the Ka- Kawhi may not give an interview for a year. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe he will, but, um, and so we're just left to really just educate. Well, and a, we can maybe send a sideline reporter up to the suite next year. You think that's a possibility? <laughs> you, you think we could have a, do you think we could have like a Kawhi cam inside the suite? Do you think he'd go for that? No, I think if it was in the, if it was in the <laughs> Staples center and it was a Clippers home game, uh, they would dispatch members of their front office to stand in front of the camera. Do you, do, do you think there'll be like one suite with one suite with like a limo tent, uh, a plexiglass win, limo tent window now? Kawhi's suite? <laughs> the blackout suite. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. That would be amazing if that was the case. You know what, though? You, I mean, it's it's a funny joke, but if that's what he asked for, I think. Oh, yeah. I think they would do it. Um, and everything about this injury was strange. Um, Kawhi saying he's fine. And then actually he's got a torn ACL. Um, just very strange. And I respect the player's privacy. But what I don't understand is how a player is, you know, you're not going to hide a torn ACL. Right. It's not like uh, if I don't talk about it, it, it no one's ever going to know. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the um, fact you're missing playoff games is a decent hint. Yeah. And, uh, and the fact that he tore his ACL, whether it was partial or full, whatever. Yeah, I mean, though, but like when Chris Paul did his hammy in uh, in game five of that Rockets-Warriors series, I remember uh, Spears ran into him in, in one of the back hallways. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And it was, oh, it, you know, they made it seem like, oh, this is day-to-day. There was no, he wasn't going to be able to play in the finals if they won that series. So, you know, it's not the first time guys have been coy about the severity of what they knew was a playoff-ending injury. Fair point. Fair point. But I was going to say he didn't even react. I mean, he obviously reacted as he felt some pain, but we see guys who have ACL tears who basically have to be carried off the court. Yeah. And Kawhi, I mean, you know, it really, the injury that he had wasn't that unlike the injury with the, the, the torn ACL a couple of days later that Dario Saric had where Dario Saric did a jump stop. Kawhi did a jump stop. Both, Injuries happened in similar ways. Saric, you know, couldn't put a, any weight on it. Um, you know, so <laughs> Kawhi stayed in the game. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's very interesting. And, um, you know, I suspect now it would, it would be probably healthy for the team if they came out and the first day of training camp and said, look, we're not counting on having Kawhi this year. Yeah. And maybe that's something, maybe that's the way the team will be operating, but I would not be surprised if we get Kawhi Leonard, ACL injury, ACL rehabilitation day to day on their injury report for nine months. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see it. Um, uh, okay. So, um, you know that, but it was interesting. The Clippers, held up their business until Kawhi let them know he was signing. You could tell that he didn't let them know till then because there, there were guys who had like Reggie Jackson was sitting there and it was like, Oh, okay. Kawhi's yeah. coming back. Okay. Then they signed Reggie Jackson. They made another move. I can't, but, but nobody else held up their business, you know, like the Mavericks, they were basically like, ah, we're not just going to 
you know, sit pat for a week in the right. hope that Kawhi will make a shocking decision to leave the Clippers. So it's, I well, the only, what, the only, in the end of the day, the only deal that made sense that you could see out there, it doesn't mean there was the only deal, but the only one that you could see was if Philly was willing to use Ben Simmons. And if that was the type of player that the Clippers yeah. would want, and if Philly was willing to sign a guy with a torn ACL, is there anybody I'm forgetting Bon Temps? Uh, I, I admittedly wasn't listening because, uh, one of my old colleagues in New York post just passed away. So I was not paying attention to what you just said. So I apologize for that. Guy named Jay Greenberg passed away. So oh, I'm, I'm not here the last moment. No, it's all good. So I was hoping you would skip to the next topic. I'm including right. I saw all it. Right. I, think I, w- I was just trying to include my you. Bad. I thought you, I, I'm sorry. I, no, I know it's all good. All right. I shouldn't have got distracted on the pot. That's right. Um, okay. So um, I've been with the Olympics and travel. I've been a lot, a little out of it. Um, you very difficult some- lives and times of Brian Winhurst, the globe trotting around the, around the Pacific ocean. Yeah. Um, did you get, did you take the robe from the J- Japanese hotel room? There was no robe. <laughs> no robe? <laughs> they had slippers, which I didn't use, but no robe. Uh, this was, this was no, there's, there was, there was, there was nothing to be excited about with this room. And, um, to make matters worse, it had, um, bright red walls, which is not good in a small space. It's, it doesn't soothe the senses. Well, when you bang your head against them, if you create a cut, you can't see it at least. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Uh, the carpet had seen better days. Um, but there was a dolphin. You don't want to know what that carpet had seen. There, there, <laughs> there was a, there was a dolphin. The right in the hotel, there was a water park, um, like a, a part, a place you come to see marine uh, animals. It was closed um, for for COVID reasons, but the tanks were still, you know, obviously you could still, see, you know, from up above the hotel, you could see down mm-hmm. and I would, and there was a dolphin and we would watch it swim around in circles that was our entertainment I was watching the dolphins from around just and then i just day, tim can you can you believe tim how hard brian's life is can you believe it can you believe how difficult one day it is? according to uh my producer who watched the dolphin very closely he shout out uh, shout out our guy brian tony fjorkowski fjorkowski he was watching one day and that they were being very careful with the dolphin and flipping the dolphin over and trying to help the dolphin. And next thing you know, there were two dolphins. Oh, we were there so long. The dolphin gave birth to another dolphin. And then the mother and baby dolphin were swimming in circles. This is where, where, where was, where's daddy dolphin. We didn't meet daddy. We didn't hear about daddy. We don't know where daddy is. We don't ask those questions. to the Japanese. Okay. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't don't risk it click it or ticket paid for by nitsa seems like a little meanwhile while i was doing all that summer league starting activity. bond temps you've been there since the start of summer league can you brief me on what i have been i have missed i mean i obviously i'm keeping loose a, attention I mean, five, to it, but... you're asking me to update you on like 70 games. Yes, <laughs> please update me on all lottery picks. <laughs> Let me go through all the games. What, what, why don't we game narrow it down a little bit? Tell me, yeah, give, a- give, give me your, give me your, you know, run down your summer league favorites. 
Well, it's been it has been an interesting week uh, here in Vegas. I am leaving tonight. So I've been here for five days. Me and uh, Kevin Pelt and the machine uh, chronicles everything that happens at Summer League, like everywhere else in the league. And um, I mean, the thing that's really stood out to me is just that this this rookie class is, you know, it's lived up to its mm-hmm. expectations. I mean, we talked on the pod after the draft about Jalen Suggs falling to five. Right. We all kind of said. We would have took him at four, at least, if not higher. He's been awesome this week. Now, he hurt his hand today playing against the Celtics, left the game. We'll see if that becomes a lingering issue. But he's been fantastic. Uh, the Rockets, um, one of McMahon's you know, closely followed teams, have been really interesting this week. Um, Usman Gruba, who you know Brian saw in Tokyo, anybody who watched Spain, um, it's a real big physical wing, can really defend. Um, I thought he slipped too far in the draft after just seeing him play for uh, Spain in in the pre-tournament games, watching him guard Kevin Durant. Some of these guys are Team USA. He got his buyout done with Real Madrid, which was a big deal. Like Part of the reason he fell to 23, I think you'd agree with this, Tim, from reporting you've done, is that people weren't sure if they could get his buyout with Real Madrid sorted out and bring him over. So the fact that they were able to work that out and get him here to play in summer league and like he's going to be on the Rockets next year, that's yeah. a really big deal. Like that's now they and have. He, four. he was the only first round pick not playing. That's right. He was the only first round pick to not play a couple of years ago. I think 19. I wrote about this for today. 19 mm-hmm. of the 30 first round picks only played and seven of the 14 lottery picks didn't play yeah. in, in the 2019 draft. There was a lot of talk then. Well, is summer league going to kind of become a thing of the past or well, these and, top and, picks and, not going to play? That's so ridiculous. I remember like when Jarrett Culver decided not to play and it was like he's going to focus on getting ready for the season it's like well what the hell do you think summer league's for right right what's the whole point of this thing right exactly so there was some thought that like maybe guys just the top guys wouldn't play but now we've seen this year everybody's playing the nba's gotten all the big matchups they've wanted they've had jalen green and uh i think they played the magic but uh they had kate cunningham play jalen green and they had Mm -hmm. the Cavs and rockets play i mean they've had all the top teams play each other it's been fun to watch but kate cunningham has looked pretty good Jalen Green and Alperen Sengun, uh, the Turkish center for the Rockets, who fell to 16. They traded up to get from the Thunder. He's been really, really good. Uh, he's looked really impressive this week playing here. Um, so, yeah, the, the young town has looked good. The guys have shown up in, in so participated. It's been, a good week. it's been a good week for the Rockets, right, is what you're saying? Yeah. Very. It's and, been and a very honestly, good week for the Rockets. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not in Vegas, so the Rockets, I would say 90% of my summer league attention span has been Rockets focused. Um, I actually talked to Rafael Stone for a little while today, just kind of picking his brains about or his brain about the, this rookie class. Um, Jalen Green did tweak his hammy tonight, so I assume we've seen the last of him for the summer league. But what they saw, like he he's a certified bucket getter. I mean, he's got a chance to score, you know, 20, 25 points per game as a as a rookie without question. He's going to be he's going to be a lot like Anthony Edwards this year. He's going to have games yeah. where he scores 25, 30, 35 points and he's like 13 for 20 from the field and making crazy shots. And he's going to have games where he goes two for 21 and looks really bad because he takes some really hard shots and he's all over the place. But he's he's been really good and really fun. But he's he's going to shoot it is my point. Like he's he's not afraid oh, to yeah. go put up shots. And, you know, his his numbers are going to be all over, just like Anthony Edwards last year, struggled early came on later i think jalen Green could have a very very similar season although i think playing in the g league it's different going from sec to nba than g league uh to yep. nba um and the other thing detroit when when they played the rockets you don't see teams you know trapping and doubling and all this kind of stuff in summer league they did they did it from you know from the opening tip committed three turnovers in the first quarter only won the rest of the game uh, didn't force anything, ended up with 25 points on only 11 shots. So they were really kind of impressed with the way that he he was able to process that, to, to adjust to it. They love his competitiveness, and that's something they, they didn't know for sure about. He is, you know, he's a, he's a California kid, you know, very kind of West Coast laid back vibe off the floor, but they've seen some killer in him. And, you know, it's just, it's a, just a few summer league games, but they've really liked that. Um, you, you mentioned Shingun, uh, Alpi, as they call him, does not speak more than a few words of English. Um, but they thought, you know, they gave up. It's two protected picks. We'll see if they end up being first rounders or not. But it's the the protected pick they got from the Wizards, the protected pick they got from the Pistons. But they gave that. They didn't move up. They just gave up two future picks. That's right. At sixteen, and, and I misspoke. They, 
Yeah, and they did it because they, you know, they think this is a mid to high lottery talent. Um, and he's there's not like a a a really perfect comp for him. You know, like the super high end comp is Jokic, but he's not a seven footer. You know, he he he's six nine, six ten. Uh, you know, a little bit springier than Jokic, but it's not like he's a remarkable athlete. Um, you know, he's this, you've, you you hear this a bonus comps. Uh, you know, Luis Scolas, who Rafael Stone mentioned, he's this six nine, six ten. Will be a center in the modern NBA. Uh, they think he's going to develop as a shooter. He, you know, but he this is a dude. He's he's very crafty, um, but he's also a bruiser. Like you know, he grabbed fifteen rebounds in his first summer league game. He was MVP yep. in the Turkish league, um, but he's also a dude like he's you can run the offense to him on the post. Like he posts up. And Jalen Green does a backdoor cut, not really expecting the ball. Next thing you know, uh, old Alpi throws him a nutmeg <laughs> you know, through <laughs> the guy's legs, a bounce pass through the guy's leg. Jalen yep. Green caught it, was like, what the hell? How'd this get here? And didn't even yeah. lay it up. So surprised. But you see a lot of, you know, you see a lot of really interesting things in him. Um, and then they're really happy with Josh Christopher. Um, He's had moments too, Josh Christopher. Yeah. Yep. Now, offensively, He's going to be a complimentary guy, and you know I don't know how much he'll even play as a rookie, but they told him basically, hey, you see how Drew Holiday defends? That's what we want from you. And he's you know he's a six foot five linebacker frame, long arm, you know, quick dude. And they basically said we want you to be the best wing defender in the league, and you know they think he has a, a, a chance to develop into that type of player. All four yeah, of these guys are under the age of twenty. Am I right in saying that? All the rookies uh, I, are 19. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're young guys and they're interesting, interesting guys. Like Shangoon, you watch him play and he does everything slow. Like he doesn't really jump. He, he's kind of, everything's methodical, but he's really patient. Like he, he works until he gets an angle to either get a shot or draw a foul. In that same game, he had 15 rebounds. He had 14 free throw attempts. Yeah. And I shot three for 10 from the field. I'd be curious to see what he looks like against real NBA length. He's gone up against a couple, you know, backup center, like, you know, borderline, you know, G league level players. So we'll see yeah. what he looks like in the NBA, but he he's lived up to the billing. Like the reason the rock is traded up for him. Like you said, McMahon was if you talk to anybody who was doing models, like statistical models going into the draft, oh, yeah. you know, I think, I think Kevin Pelton had Shangu number one, a lot of the yeah. internal team models had him really, really high. Cause he did, like you said, his production in the Turkish league for his age was out of this world. Like basically Luka Doncic and him are like, the two guys who put up the numbers they have. So yeah, I mean, at, him, at 18, he was a Turkish league MVP and that yep. is a quality European league. Yeah. It's a really good league. Yeah. It's a really good and, league. So he, Garuba was probably the only guy that I saw in Japan, a young guy. I mean, I say young in quotes because I, I did see this guy, Doncic. Yeah. From Slovenia. He doesn't, he, doesn't should, he doesn't count. He doesn't, we should, count. Tr- we should track him, uh, make a note of that McMahon to track this guy. Um, but uh, Gru- Gruba, he can defend one through five. Now, he's not going to defend every five. One through five, crazy long arms. And Bontemps mentioned about the buyout. His buyout was 3 million euros, which is yep. like three point off the top of my head here. 3.7. I, I do I do time off the top of my head and, and money conversion off the top of my head. Well, like you three, have more money than time, so you should get this right. <laughs> 3.7 million dollars that he would have to pay his buyout. Now they stretch it out over years. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay it all right now, but he's probably not guaranteed a heck of a lot more than that. He's guaranteed a two year contract. So he really wants to play. I mean, you know, he basically is giving up his first NBA contract. Well, I do think to be I, one update. So I was talking to Kevin Pelton about this. I think the Rockets are paying the, I think they made an agreement where the Rockets are paying the amount they can pay each year over the next like four years to do it. So I think the Rockets. Good information. 775000 Yeah, $750,000. So I think the Rockets are paying it. But look, like I said, on draft night, I was thinking as soon as we got into the range where, you know, after Shangun went off the board at 16, after seeing Garuba play, I was like, all these teams from 17 on, you're talking about playoff, you know, playoff teams, the back half of the first round. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for one of them to take him, whether it's the Knicks or when the Clippers traded up. I was like, somebody's got to take a swing on this guy because he's got really high potential. So I thought for the Rockets to get him, to get Josh Christopher, who's one of these guys, like this draft is really interesting because, you know, I was going to talk about Jalen Johnson who got drafted by the Hawks later. He's another guy. There's a bunch of guys in this draft who are top 5, 10, 15 recruits coming into this college year. 
that had their college year like completely messed up because of COVID and how yeah. messed up everything was. It's like Josh Christopher left school early or left off the team early. Jalen Johnson left Duke early. So these guys were really big time prospects that fell, you know, much later than you would have initially projected them to be in the draft. And Christopher showed some flashes this week. He is a really big physical kid. Like if he does yeah. lock in on defense, he could become a really interesting player. And Jalen Johnson has been really interesting for Atlanta. He's a 6'10 kid. He's athletic, thrown down some huge dunks. He's playing on a team with Nate McMillan as a coach and with a lot of good players where they can basically kind of dangle playing time out in front of him and say, listen, man, if you do the right things, we can throw you out here a little bit. You can kind of, you know, piecemeal him playing time and make him earn it going forward. Like, I think it's a really good situation for him. It's a good situation for Josh Christopher to get some minutes. And yeah, like Houston, I think, has to feel great. Um, yeah, with they, the way they, these guys are playing and what they've got going on. Like, it's a really good start to this rebuild for them. Yeah, and Garuba didn't play until tonight, and it was, you know, he's fresh off the Olympics, and uh, yeah, I certainly wouldn't judge him based on anything that, that happens in this summer league. I, I don't know. He's practiced maybe a couple times with him or whatever, but I mean, the fact that this guy as a teenager is playing a, a pretty significant role for Spain in the Olympics Yep. You know, and like when they play Team USA, he has to be on the floor because he's the only one who can who can defend at that level. And you know, he's 6'8, 240, might not be done growing. Um, you mentioned one through five, kind of the and again, these comps were not I'm not saying he will be Draymond Green defensively, but that's kind of the the type, you know. He has the Draymond Green build. Long yeah. arms, that right? Kind of body type. Who yeah. can guard on the wing? You know, can guard on the ball. Can can anchor a defense. Not a not a necessarily a shot blocker, but you know, can be a position smarts. You know, physical type of 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 you know, can give you rim protection in that sense. Um, offensively, he, he's a project. You know, he has some natural passing ability. He needs to develop skills, and you know, the other thing that that the Rockets are really excited about when we're talking about these 19 year old kids, when we're talking about KJ Martin, who, you know, nobody really paid attention to the Rockets last year, but as a, as a, as a 19, 20 year old showed some d- development, you know, he's a six, six hyper athletic guy. He's, become, son, right? he's got his dad, Kenny and Martin's hops. That's for sure. Yeah. He throws down as, some massive dunks. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of the, the weak side, uh, shot blocks now yeah. every time he gets a blocks a guy on a, on a dunk it means he's late on his rotation <laughs> but <laughs> right. he's a guy who can be late on a rotation and and make up for it in spectacular fashion uh you know was a high 30s three-point shooter for the second half of the season he's 20 kevin porter jr 21 and, and you know the way rafael stone put it is that they're enrolling these guys in john lucas university they feel like john lucas's developmental program really kind of gives them an edge and look are the Rockets going to be good next year? Hell no. You know, two years from no, but they've got a young core in place. They think if I was a, if I was a Rockets fan, I would want to watch the team, which is something yes. you couldn't say there, at times there, last year. There is they're going to be a, they're going to be a really, really fun team to watch next year. No question about it. Okay. Really fun. Uh, so what, Bon Temps, what have you seen from Cade Cunningham uh, this week? I mean, he's looked good. You know, I mean, all these cop guys have looked good. You know, I mean, I, I'm not trying to take a ton away from these games for these top guys. Like, you know, it's like Tim said, Jalen Green played a couple games. Now he's got a slight hamstring issue. He's probably not going to play. Jalen Suggs very well could be done now after this hand issue he's had today. But all of them have looked pretty good. Cade, you know, Cade played up, went up against Jalen Green, had a really nice crossover, you know, step back three-point move, had Jalen, you know, left in the dust, which, you know, got a bunch of, you know, views on social media. But he, look, he's a six-eight kid who can handle the ball, who can pass, who can, you know, guard multiple spots. Like he... He's the prototypical, like, you know, point forward in today's league that could be a big time player. And, you know, you know, Detroit's another team. Detroit's not going to probably be very good this year. But between Cade Cunningham and Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart and Jeremy Grant, like they're they're going to be a fun team to watch. And like Mm -hmm. really the biggest takeaway for me overall, I was talking to a GM about this at lunch today is like the league is going to be so fun from a neutral standpoint to watch next year. You go through the league, basically every single team, there's somebody or something you can get excited about watching with guys like Evan Mobley in Detroit or in Cleveland and Cade Cunningham in Detroit and, you know, Shea Gildas Alexander and Josh Giddy in Oklahoma city. We talked about the Rockets guys like Jalen Suggs in Orlando. 
all these teams, even at the bottom of the league, are going to have a lot of fun, interesting young guys to watch. And then you've got, you know, 25 or I think 27 of the teams in the league are probably at least trying to make the playoffs this year. So, I mean, that's really the biggest takeaway overall. It's just that I, so, I think well, the league you, you is in really good shape going to next season. You mentioned Mobley there. Um, Mobley, the Cavs have been playing him. Um, they've been running some of their offense through him. They've been throwing the ball, him on the elbow, which is what he did at USC. It's a big ask for a, for a 19 year old or 20 year old big. Um, yep. And Isaac Okoro, who was their number one pick last year, I believe he was sixth last year, uh, fifth or sixth uh, pick last year. Um, he's looked good there. So if you're a Cavs fan, what have you seen? Have you seen anything with the Cavs, Bontemps? Uh I, I was going to say, I'm about to uh, about to answer, but I might have our guy Jonathan Gavoni answer for a second if you want. You want to, uh, no, Jonathan Gavoni may not come on this podcast. I mean, that, that is a pretty significant you wanna, upgrade. You want to, uh, do you want to tell the people what, uh, they should think for Jeff Evan Mobley's week? I've watched like so little, you know, <laughs> like uh, I've been just like meeting after meeting after meeting, trying to catch up on like two years of quarantine. So, yeah, he looked good yesterday. His he's, job he's is going to be awesome. Like, I have no doubt. Gavoni's job is done with this group. Right. They said your they said your job is done. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Jonathan just came over. Have a safe trip home, buddy. Congratulations. But like, seriously, like he, I mean, he's put in like that. he's put in like ten years of work on these guys. Wait, but now came, he set them free like doves. Go, 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 young draft picks. Well, I saw I saw Chet Holm, I saw Chet Holmgren outside the wind today. So he was he was here preparing for uh, his debut in summer league a year from now. Um, <laughs> I Jonathan was just coming over to say hi, so I thought he thought he might have something to say about Evan Mobley. It's like you so. brought LeBron in off the bench and he pump faked and then checked back out. <laughs> that was great. Listen. Hey, Cavs fans, tell me about Evan Mobley. Give on. <laughs> I, 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 I haven't watched a second. <laughs> well, Mobley, I will tell you. I will tell you from. I will tell you from my uh, my watching of Evan Mobley that I, I think it's hard to get a real read on what he's going to do because you know a lot of times you see at summer league teams will have wings come here and sort of play as point guard and just let them kind of explore the studio space. And the Cavs have done that with Isaac Okoro, who's had the ball in his hands a ton, Um, but he's not a point guard and they haven't had a point guard on the court most of the time with Evan Mobley. And so because it's summer league, like it's very hard for bigs to get the ball in summer league anyway, because you're just running up and down the court and taking shots. So he hasn't had a chance to do a ton um, but that being said, his potential just kind of oozes off of him. Like he, he's bigger than everybody on the court. When they played the Rockets, he was towering over Sangoon inside. Yeah. Like he, he's you know a legit seven footer and you can see, like I had a scout during the season, compare him to Chris Bosch and you can see where those comparisons come from. He's really smooth. He's got a really pretty jump shot. He's he left pass the ball. I think so. Um, he could pass the ball. He, like you were saying, you could run through him with you, the high you, post. You, you think so. You think so. Like you think Ben Simmons is, or <laughs> by the way, I'm not, I will say that's this. Not my, that's not some, my deal. Some Ben Simmons um, video came out this week and he was shooting with his left hand. I think he was working out with Rondo somewhere. I tell you what, yes. you want to get some cardio, go, go be the rebounder for those workouts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll overheat your Fitbit. That was a good line. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by.
Uh, but listen, Evan, Evan, I think Evan Mobley is going to be really good. I think you can make an argument. While I think the Rockets are very happy with Jalen Green, I think you can make an argument. Evan Mobley's got a higher ceiling than him. Um, because if, if he becomes the player he's capable of as a five who can really impact the game at both ends, that's sort of the unicorn in today's league, right? There's only a handful of guys that can do that. Now, I think Jalen Green's floor is higher because he is going to be, to Tim's point, a bucket getter, and he's going to yeah. be a 20, 25-point-a-game scorer almost for sure. Right. Um, but but if, Mobley, if Mobley works out the way the Cavs hope he can, that's a foundational piece that you can fit with literally anybody in the league. Well, this oh, is the you, first guy the Cavs have gotten post LeBron where you look at him and say, this guy can be a perennial all-star. Yes. I don't know if he will be. And then this is um, in the Cavs sphere. You're either a Colin Sexton guy or you're not. Uh, I am not a believer in Colin Sexton being a cornerstone franchise piece. Doesn't mean he's not a contributing NBA player for the next 12 years, but um, this he, is the he, first he, guy they've. I think this he's is Lou Williams. Guy. You know, he's, and he's that not, would be yes. great. Yeah, and that would yes. be great. Yeah, uh, but you know, he's a really um, good six man. In our, I think we're all in yeah. agreement on that. Yeah, but so anyway, that's his you, best you role. said you said Mobley hadn't had a point guard on the floor with him during summer league. Like, you think he will during the season? <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair. That's a fair question. That's a fair question. Yeah. So the well the, the I mean I, I want to compliment uh, uh, Jared Allen. He just got his hundred million dollar contract with the Cavs. I just saw the numbers fully guaranteed. I'm fairly certain. So congrats to him. Um, so that means Mobley, I guess, is going to be there for if you've just paid a hundred million. That's definitely that's definitely the plan. And when you see Mobley, he's going to need to play the four for a while. Like he's he's sort of in an in between place where long term, if they're going to be an elite team, it's sort of the Anthony Davis thing, right? Like when Anthony Davis is at the five, his teams are at their best. But right now, Evan Mobley is like 130 pounds soaking wet. At least it looks like it on the court. Like he's got to take time to build up his strength and get bigger and stronger before he's going to go up against guys like Joel Embiid and Jokic and those guys at center True. over the course of the season. How much will Kevin Love be paid per minute next season? <laughs> well, that's your thing. You know, the Cavs have Larry is it an Nance. infinite. Is, or is it just an <laughs> infinite number because there's zero minutes? The Cavs have Larry Nance, who's a quality, you know, big in the league. And, you know, he's going to get minutes. He's one of the best big men defenders in the league. So hell of a podcast uh, guest too. I don't know where you're playing Kevin Love. Um, I believe, I believe Jason Lloyd of the athletic had a story this week that they uh, told Kevin, he's going to come off the bench. And, uh, <laughs> and so. he's like, I'm not leaving the bench. You kidding me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, obviously there's a, there's an issue there. Uh, but I thought Jared Allen, I mean, he, I believe he was interviewed by cleveland.com and he, he gave this quote that, I mean, I, I, I it, the quote got some, got some like attention, but I, I, I like honesty and, you know, he was asked about where he saw the Cavs rebuild or build, whatever you want to call it. And he said, if we can accelerate our process, maybe two or three years down the line, we're fighting for the fifth seed. And people like freaked out and were like, oh my God, like uh, fifth seed. I'm like, that's an accurate statement. I mean, maybe Mobley. That'd be, turns that'd into be a, a really successful rebuild. <laughs> I mean, yes. with where they're at right now. I mean, if the Rockets are challenging for the fifth seed in two or three years, they're doing backflips. Yeah. Uh, look at the talent in the league. So, um, yeah. Look, the well, Chicago Bulls, like we've talked about, spent a lot of money this summer to try to get a lot better. And they might like I think there's a chance they won't finish in the top 10 in the East. And they have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and uh, Nikola Vucevic on a team like trying to climb up the ladder in the East is hard. Man, it's, Zach Levine is not getting that extension, man. Uh, I'm telling you, yellow flag, yellow flag. And Zach Levine is going to be a lot of player. pressure. There's going to be a lot of pressure in Chicago this year. A lot of pressure. I came away from Team USA saying Zach Levine is, I mean, I know this is not breaking news. Zach Levine held his own on that team. He's a really good, he is really a good player. And he is something. He is. He has got, even where he's at now, he's got space to grow in the future. And I would want to, I would want to make sure he's locked down. And he is not locked down well i think um, the bulls were the bulls were trying to prove to him that they could uh 
they yeah, could maybe build they a team will. that's going to win around them. And, and listen, uh, well, he, well, no, he, I'm just saying to your point, if if they they had better win, right? Like that. And, and, if you're not going to go that way, years. you better win, right? Yeah, and they can give them five years, and nobody else can. And maybe that's the determining factor. Maybe we're talking in seven months about how the Bulls are the number four seed. Um, before we go, Bon Temps, is there anybody from off the radar who either was a second round pick or a free agent? And I'm not expecting you to have an answer here that uh, has, has uh, raised your eyebrows at all. Like, wait a minute, this guy might be somebody who is something. What I, what I would say different than that is that thing, the thing that you always look for, at least I do when you see guys come back for their second year is who stands out, like who really looks good from the second year players. Cause typically if you guys know this, right? Like guys will come back for their second year and they'll play a game or two and like, oh, man, those guys are really popping. And then their teams will tend to shut them down. Right. Like they kind of do show what they need to and then sit. Yeah. Um, so Tyrese Maxey has looked really good for Philly. He's kind of been in that quality group of like too good to be here. Um, same goes for Peyton Pritchard with the Celtics. He's looked really, really good um, through the first couple games. I mean, he's got a chance to earn himself some more minutes um, now that Dennis Schroeder. Uh, is in Boston. We probably should talk about that, I guess, before we go too. that's pretty interesting development this week. Um, and then on the other end, you know, like a guy like Cole Anthony in Orlando has not looked great this mm-hmm. week or obviously happy. they have draft. Right. Well, and obviously they've drafted Jalen Suggs, who is clearly going to be the, the future there. So that'll be a bit of an interesting situation to monitor. Um, and Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin, both from the Knicks have looked pretty good. I think quickly had 32 points in one game. He's looked good. So, he's he looked very yeah. good too yes mm-hmm. he looked very I mean, good so i mean i really like cole anthony i i love his temperament mm-hmm. um but what they had to take jalen suggs there oh and yeah i just i don't know that that's going to i don't know that cole anthony is going to be long for orlando we'll, we'll see and if that's the case I'm sorry, but they had to take Jalen. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, Cole Anthony, Cole, I, I wonder if Cole Anthony's career ends up sort of modeling that of uh, Austin Rivers, which is a comparison that's equal on different levels beyond the fact that they're sons of former New York Knicks. Uh, Austin Rivers has the, had uh, a very successful career and he's made a lot of money. He sure has. No, Cole I'm not. He will make a lot of I money. He also might wear I a lot was, of yeah, different jerseys. That's right. that's more what I was. That was that wasn't. Yeah, it was not really a knock on. It wasn't a knock on him as much as like right. you know beyond the fact that their dads were on the '94 Knicks. They also like you know Austin is the guy who's turned himself into an NBA player who's bounced around on a bunch of teams. And he's Cole a journeyman, like the kind of guy who could. Yes, Cole he's Anthony a journeyman like, like, like could be that kind of guy. He's a journeyman like R- Russell Westbrook. Ah, yeah. um, <laughs> um, uh, not 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 quite as uh, financially successful, but yes. When is what is Russ getting traded for Chris Paul? That's all I want to know. Is Ooh. it happening in the summer of twenty two, or are we going to oh, wait geez. till here come the aggregators? Here uh, come the. By aggregators. the way, Wendy, I can't believe you didn't reply. I sent you uh, what? What was that thing I sent you guys? The aggregating. Anima or what? Anemone? What are those words? <laughs> From the Seattle Aquarium, the the meanest creature well, in the sea. You didn't even reply on our group text. <laughs> should we? Uh, should we? Should we? Should we have a, a brief discussion about Dennis Schroeder before we go? Also, Brian. Uh, yeah, well, I mentioned on the podcast last week that there was a chance he was going to sign with the Celtics. At that point, I think it was kind of a poorly kept secret in the league. That's where he was headed. Um, and people keep saying, you know, it's a he's been a punching bag for the last few days about, um, you know, turning down the extension with the Lakers, et cetera. Yeah, I know we get it. It was a mistake. The Lakers are thrilled that he turned it down. It completely opened up their summer. Um, but you know, Schroeder is a guy who has been very useful at teams in the past. And, um, I'm not, I don't think the Celtics are headed for the finals and to get Schroeder at the taxpayer mid-level of 6 million bucks, is as big of a value signing as you're going to find in the league this year. Doesn't mean he's going to be great. Doesn't mean he's going to be the answer, but the Celtics had to be thrilled that he was sitting there. For yeah, them. but he's better. He's better than what they had. And yeah. basically he, he's the, he was the loser in the game of musical chairs. And yeah, obviously he made a bad business decision. So, you know, but again, I, I just, I'm not going to worry about a, a guy's money who he's going to make dozens of millions of dollars during his career. Okay. He, he lost out on, 
what was it? 80, 78 million. He's going to be, he will still, if he wants to eat steak and lobster, he can afford it. He'll be okay. Well, one, and this also, I mean, it is a good, you know, he does have to take a pay cut this year, but this is a good opportunity for him to come in and rebuild his value. I mean, Brian has been saying for weeks that after the Kemba Walker trade, the Celtics needed a point guard. And while I, I would not expect Dennis Schroeder to start. If you ask me how it's going to go, I think he's going to sort of settle into the same role he played in Oklahoma City. He's going to come in off the bench and you know maybe be part of closing lineups, being kind of that spark plug energy, come in and score you know, 15, 16, 18 points a game off the bench. I could see him being in the mix for six man of the year again next year because he's going to put up a lot of points off the bench. We see that tends to be how that works. And, you know, if you have him out there with Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Al Horford in some closing lineups, like that's a good chance for him to play on a, in a big market team that's going to win games that, you know, I think his new coach, Ime Odoka, he, he, wants to He has a history him. With, with Al Horford from their Atlanta days. Right. He's played so. with Al. It's a, I think it's a good, you know, it's a good, like, he's got a bunch of shooters. That's, that's also true. Um, but that team has a bunch of shooters around him, right? He can drive and kick. Like, I, I think it's a good opportunity for him to come in and play hard and build up his value. So like, like you said, McMahon, like everybody looks at the 78 million, but if he goes out and gets a three-year deal for $60 million next year, like, you know, right. works out. But okay. So it's I, kind I of the balls in his court to turn things around. It, he would do himself a favor to worry more about winning games and his value next summer because you know i i don't think it's any secret he does have a bit of a reputation for being a me guy and so if he's out there hunting shots and chasing stats and all that uh, i think it actually would, would have the opposite effect uh yeah on his value than, than you know what he might be intending yeah the point it's a good situation for him to prove he could be part of a winning team and and help them in a spot where they you know there's minutes to be had and points to be scored like it's a good it's a good fit for him from a basketball standpoint. So if he comes in and produces and they play well, the other stuff will take care of itself, I think, right. next summer. Um, yes, he remember, he, he had a great year with the Thunder two years ago, and he had moments last season where he was really good. There was a reason why the Lakers offered him that money. It wasn't in a vacuum. So um, yeah, we, we, I think it would have been a bad contract, even at the time. I thought it was be a bad contract, but they did it for a reason. Um, okay, thank you to Bontemps. I was an hour late to record this podcast, and Bontemps' whole night was ruined. So I wouldn't, quite go, I wouldn't quite go that far, but it did was back, derailed. So we're good. And thank you to McMahon, and thank you to Jackson, who is our producer. Appreciate listening to the Hoop Collective. Everybody have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Adios, amigos, and aloha, winter. <laughs>